Good morning, if you are on the East Coast in the United States, and good afternoon or good evening, depending uh, if you are somewhere else in the world. This is Bhupender Singh, and I am excited to be back here with another talk. And I have titled this talk, The River of Life. Yes, The River of Life. I will begin off by making a couple of announcements here. Please free, feel free to join or follow me on Twitter because I am going to organize these talks a little bit better now where I will try to make an announcement when I'm going live. That way, if these topics are of your interest, you will be notified in case you're following me on Twitter. And the second request here is, or uh, the announcement is, I would like to hear from all of you, your views, and also your feedback in any topics that might be of interest to you. And I will try to talk about those talk to topics live here on Wisdom. So having said that, we all hear the word life, and we all are trying to understand life. The reason we're trying to understand life is because we are all seeking to feel good. And we are deploying different tools. If I am buying a house of my choice at the end of the day, what does it deliver? Feeling good. If I'm entering into a relationship with a given person of my choice, what I'm looking for, feeling good. If I go to school, get education, get a job, what I'm really looking for is feeling good. But the caveat here is most of us have not been able to find that feeling good all the time. We do suffer, we do feel pain. And we're constantly striving to be joyful, to be excited, to be engaged. But it's not happening for some reason. It almost seems we are all doing our experiment our own way. At least that's the way I perceive my life experiences, which were my experiments, because after 30, 40 years of trying different ways to feel good, and most of my pursuits were in the outward world. And I was quite successful in terms of that templated definition of success, but something was eluding me all the time. And I call it eternal happiness. Yes, it might seem like a pipe dream, and it did at the time, when it struck me, like, why I cannot be eternally happy? Is it because I do not understand this game called life? I don't know how this game is played. What are the rules of this game? And I think that was true to a certain degree. Life is like a game. If I do not understand this game, if I do not understand the rules of this game, there is a likelihood, like 
if I'm playing football, if I don't know the rules of the game, I might score in my own goal. And then I will ask, what did I do wrong? I think this is what we all, at the end of day, when we suffer or go through pain, we are asking the question, what did I do wrong? And we are not able to figure out <clears throat> what did we do wrong. And when we are not able to figure out or understand what we are doing that is not in alignment with the rules of the game of life, we tend to blame others. Either a situation or a person's behavior and so on. And then we start on this journey of trying to fix things. And we're trying to fix things outside of us. We're trying to fix systems. We're trying to fix people. And it's the endless action that doesn't yield results most of the time. So it's a perpetual effort. So we fix one thing, but then something else is broken. Maybe we need to sit back for a moment. We don't need to go read a book. We don't need to go ask someone else. We just need to ask ourselves. We have enough experience. Pause. Pause for a second, reflect back, and I bet you it is going to reveal the secrets of this game, the secrets of this game called life. And what I'm going to share with you today is actually based on my own personal experiences. Yeah, I have done a lot of reading, but those were other people's experience. There are a lot of books out there filled with wisdom. There are a lot of wise people in this world, no doubt about that. But somehow, they didn't provide me the answers. My own answers that I was looking for, they were someone else's answers. And that's where I started reflecting internally, trying to understand this game of life. What are the rules of engagement? What are the consequences of not following the rules? And here is the uh, lesson learned or the takeaway. So life is like a river. And the river we know have two banks. And there is no river in this world that can exist with a single bank. So the two banks of the river of life are called pain, the other one, happiness. And when we don't understand this game of life, what are we seeking? What are we praying for? 
and we perform, some people perform a lot of rituals. And what they're seeking is a life filled only with happiness. And if we look back at our own lives, no matter what our physical age is, we know pain and happiness have always come along. They're like the two sides of the coin of life. And this coin flips. So this river of life has two banks. One is happiness, one is pain. When we don't understand, <clears throat> don't know the rules of engagement, what do we try to do? We try to hold on to one bank of this river that we call happiness. We become attached to happiness. We are like that river that instead of flowing is trying to hold on to its one bank. And the second thing we do, we only wish for, we only dream of, we only desire happiness. Raise your hand if you ever accepted the two banks of this river with the same poise, same passion, same acceptance. There might be few people out there, but I would like to hear from you if you understand this concept or understand life like a river with two banks. So when, as that river, as that flowing water, we try to hold on to one bank, what happens? We fail. Life does not stop. The flow does not stop. And we cringe when that source of happiness we lose. These are the losses we experience in our lives. Losses include the loss of our dear ones, which is one of the biggest loss that every human experiences multiple times in their life. And also, there are other losses that we experience throughout our lives. We call them losses because these people are our assets, even our titles, our identities. We extract happiness from them. But if you really look, all these sources of happiness are not permanent. They are impermanent. If today I'm famous, if today I'm a celebrity, if today a lot of people follow me or like me, there is a good chance this identity will be lost. And the more I try to hold on to this impermanent source of happiness, the more insecure I will feel because I know this is impermanent. Somehow deep down within us, we know what is impermanent 
but because we have not found that permanent source of happiness, we have no other option other than to cling on to what is impermanent. I will even use the example of my physical body. This physical body goes through different phases. It is young at one point, but it's depreciating at the same time. Our physical bodies, what we call a dying every moment. This is the truth. And one day it will not have the same abilities that it does today. So the attachment to this physical body is like holding on to the source of happiness. So if I am a good looking person, I'm going to age. My body's going to wrinkle. The appearance is going to change. But now if people compliment me because the way I look and I feel happy, what's going to happen one day? I will be disappointed. And when I'm trying to hold on to this appearance, I might go to extremes to maintain that appearance. And the amount of resources, energy, and time I'm going to spend is for the reason because I'm seeking happiness through impermanence, which is not going to happen. Even though I know I still do it, the only reason is because I have not found that permanent source of eternal happiness. And now you can see all the turmoil we experience inside and also in the outside world is for the reason because we're trying, we are relying on something that is impermanent. And I can use a whole bunch of examples of this impermanence. So the rule of this game of life is you cannot, as the river, hold on to one single bank. There will be pain. There will be the second bank of this river. And some people think pain is unnecessary. Whereas I believe firmly that pain could be our friend only when we understand this game of life. Why there is pain in life? This is a fundamental question. Let me use an example of pain in the physical body. There is mental pain also, which we experience in the form of thoughts. And it's a lot easier to understand the physical pain and then we will build upon that to understand the mental pain. So say there's a, a wound on my shoulder or my arm and it and there is infection in there so what's going to happen i'm going to experience pain so this is a wound on the surface but say if there's an internal injury which you cannot visually see with your naked eyes but something internally has happened where there's infection in the body and it's causing pain now. Now think of the opposite. 
if there was an infection due to an internal injury within the body, but there was no pain, what will happen? Think for a moment. You will not know that you need to pay attention to that part of your body. The pain is like a message. And if the message was not there, it is just letting you know that you need to take care of your physical body. There is something happening inside the physical body that need to be attended to, that need to heal. And without that message, it could damage the body permanently. It could cause other problems. So this is the prominence of pain. And if we understand the prominence of the physical level, let's move on to the pain at the level of the mind. So the pain we experience at the level of our mind is in form of thoughts. So if I have thoughts of feeling insecure or disappointed or rejected, there will be pain. So what is this pain telling us? The pain is telling us we need to go nourish ourselves. We need to take care of our mental body, the mind body. It can go out of balance if we do not, don't listen to this pain. And this is what often happens with us. We think pain is bad. No, it's a message. And if you don't listen to this message, things can get worse. And it's so easy to put under the rug the mental pain, the dis-ease in our mental or the mind bodies. And then there are consequences down the road. Now, let's go back to that example of the flowing river with two banks. Now you can see the two banks are equally important. In fact, they are pushing us towards the middle of the river. Instead of getting attached to either one of the banks, the flow is in the middle. So that middle is called balance. The middle is called equanimous to what is happening in life. The middle is the harmonious state where I'm not seeking happiness or I'm not avoiding pain. I am not looking at life as positive or negative. I've found a newer and a bigger purpose. I as river, I as life, am complete with these two banks. They will stay with me forever. This pain and happiness makes me who I am today. And I got to flow. I have to move like that river.
And as I flow, as I move forward, what's going to happen? There will be different weather conditions. There will be different terrains. There will be valleys. There will be mountains. There will be beautiful scenic routes. And what is the river water or the flowing river does? It is always flowing. Have you seen a river that has stopped because there was a scenic place? Never. The river is not attached. The river has a bigger purpose. And the reason we get attached to the bank of, uh, of life called impermanent happiness is because we have not realized the ultimate purpose of our life. The river knows the purpose of flowing is to merge into the ocean. It is relentlessly moving in that direction. It is not attached to anything that's scenic, beautiful, and neither it is rejecting those big rocks that are in its ways. It's not trying to move them. It's not trying to break those big rocks. In fact, the flowing river finds its way. It goes around those rocks. In fact, it splashes those rocks as if it's singing, as if it's dancing around that rock, and it keeps moving. Why? Because it has one ultimate desire, the desire to become the ocean, to be one with the ocean. So we as life have to move in the direction of the source of life, which is called, or which can be called, consciousness, our infinite self. We have to lose our identity as a flowing river. The rivers have different names, but when they fall into the ocean, they lose all their identities. Not only that, these rivers also lose both of their banks, the bank of pain and the bank of happiness. And that state where none of these exists is peace. So is our ultimate purpose or is your ultimate purpose of life peace? Peace by realizing, by flowing, by not getting attached to either removing pain or negative in your life or getting attached to happiness or to the source of happiness in your life. If it is not, then that peaceful power will elude you. That eternal happiness will elude you. Then we will be going through this turbulence at the level of our minds on a constant basis. Conflict 
will remain but natural at this level. And until we do not learn from this river, I call it a talking river, a speaking. And for me personally, the reason I go into nature, there's always something to learn. Let me share a little story with you. There was a friend of mine on a Sunday. He was going to his place of worship. So he asked me, don't you go to your place of worship? I said, yeah, I'm, that's where I'm going now. And he took it lightly. And then uh, later that evening, we, we met. So he said, how was it? I said, it was beautiful. And I said, what did you learn from your place of worship? And he shared something that was read from a text. And then he asked me. I said, let me first tell you the place, the temple, or whatever you want to call it, that I was in. I said, I was at this temple of wisdom. This temple of wisdom that does not, does not have any walls. It is not associated with a fragment of humanity. This temple of wisdom is open 24-7. But the only thing is, you have to be awake. You have to go out when you open your eyes. Look for the ultimate purpose. In fact, this whole universe the whole universe, the visible and the invisible universe is pointing only to its source. Just like all the rivers, they are pointing towards that ocean, the ocean of oneness, the ocean of peace. And this whole existence for me at least is the temple of wisdom. It will speak to you like this river seems to speak to me but in reality it is me speaking to myself through that river there's so much to learn only if we go with an open mind only if we go where we want to understand this game of life in that ocean even though i'm using this example of an ocean and all the oceans on this uh, planet Earth have limits. But I cannot use to explain something that is abstract without having a model with flaws. So let's not think of the flaws. The ocean I talk of in this example is limitless, has no boundaries. It accepts every river equally no matter where the river has been what city what town what was thrown into the river and so on so we are the rivers of life life is not outside of us we are meant to flow we are meant to be in balance we have to be very clear about the ultimate purpose of life and then all else we do, which are our individual life purposes, can be different. They will be different. That is the nature of this game. 
but they will not lead us to that eternal happiness because a river will always have two banks no matter what but as a river if you don't want to flow and we want only one bank which is the happiness it will elude you because why it is like that coin a two-faced coin the moment you ask for happiness through an object for example if i buy expensive car yes it gives me happiness but it's a two-faced coin the coin can flip any moment and we have seen these coins flip and someone walks down the street or i park my car at the mall and they key the car the driver's side and there's a big scratch on, on on the car and how do i feel in that moment not so happy the house most expensive house that i bought most expensive for me in my life and there's flooding the very source of my happiness becomes the source of my pain so what is impermanent is a two-faced coin the moment it gives you happiness it has also bought pain with it if someone rises to fame they know there is someone else who will be more famous than them and then fame also brings responsibility and brings that visibility where if you make a single mistake people will turn against you so there are consequences so the point here is anything that is impermanent brings about impermanent source of happiness even my physical body is impermanent if there are certain qualities of my physical body my appearance or my strength and so on and source of my happiness is this impermanence what's going to happen i can get diseased something can go wrong with this body the beauty the handsomeness will fade away so what i'm saying is be aware i'm not saying don't buy that expensive car i'm not saying don't take that good vacation but do that knowing this is impermanent accept its depreciation a friend of mine once he was on a, a vacationing um at a, at a tropical island he put a picture on the social media with him um uh, sitting on the beach and uh, sipping his favorite drink and the title of the post was uh, i'm in paradise <laughs> and um it's, it's a close friend of mine and, and i joke with him i poke him um lovingly to nudge him to wake up and the message we're putting out to the other people and he lives in one of the big cities in uh, united states so i said oh so it means you are not returning back to new york because you're in paradise why would you leave it and what i was trying to say is 
it is not paradise. It is impermanent paradise. It's just for the time being. If it was really the paradise, why would you go back home? You should stay here. But see how we are sort of in a very subtle manner programming our mind into this state of illusion and also send the message out to others. And depending how many people looked at that, they are seeking or they will seek the same thing. But one day they'll be disappointed. And when you have invested yourself so much into impermanent happiness, it's very hard to turn back. Because when we look back, we think, how could I walk through this door? What I'm saying is, I did the same thing. I walked through that door. I said, this was an experiment. The experiment brought about results. The results in one line was anything that is impermanent means anything that has a beginning and an end is not a permanent source. It is not a source of eternal happiness. So be aware. Understand the rules of this game. You are the river of life. You are in the temple of wisdom. Everything will speak to you. If you are seeking something greater, the destiny of every river is to become the ocean. And we are worried about tomorrow. I said, we are all destined. We all have the same destiny. And everything and anything that happens on our journey, on the journey of the river to the ocean, are just milestones, are just pointers. Don't cling on to anything. Everything is impermanent, except the river of life, which is me and you, realizing our true nature. Realizing that we are never separated from our source. The river, in fact, is never separated from the ocean. The river and the ocean are one. Also, what is the essence of river? Water. What is the essence of the ocean? Water. But there's a difference in the water when it is in the river versus when it is in the ocean. The ocean water is a lot deeper. If you throw even a mountain into a ocean, not much happens to the ocean. If you throw a mountain in the river, what happens? Turbulence. So what I'm saying here is the practicality of becoming the ocean. Life situations will happen. But if we are simply that river and we have not become the ocean, we have not realized our essence, we have not discovered the true meaning of life, 
it will disturb us. That situation will seem like a mountain. But if we are that ocean, our peace cannot be disturbed because I know anytime I attach to anything that is impermanent, including my own physical body, it is going to cause suffering. It is going to cause a dis-ease within me. So understand this game of life. Understand the rules of engagement. And if you do, the same life that you might not like today, the same people we're trying to avoid today, we'll embrace them. And who does not want to have beautiful relationships? The same situations we're trying to avoid, that bank of the river which is painful, we will stop doing that. We will start flowing in the middle. We will neither attach to what we consider happiness, nor we will have the urge to push away what we call negative. We will just move through it. We will just flow. We are actually the flow of life. We are the life. But somehow, we think someone else is controlling our life. It is all within us. All we need to do is pause for a moment. Let's stop doing what we're doing. People ask me, Bupinder, what am I supposed to do? I ask them, stop doing everything. They look at me. What do you mean stop doing everything? What that really means is, stop seeking this bank of happiness. Stop rejecting this bank of pain. And what will happen? You will start flowing. You will actually become life. You will actually become that river. And you don't have to ask anyone in that moment what I'm supposed to do. It will start happening. Because you are letting go of your anchor. The attachments are like anchors. Anchor for the ship that cannot sail. Life feels stagnant. That is what we call, I'm bored. I'm, I need some excitement. And that's why it is happening. We are attached. Attached to one of the banks of the river. And I said, attached to one of the banks of the river. And you might think, oh no, I'm not attached to pain. But when we're trying to reject pain, we are constantly meditating upon it. That is actually in itself an attachment. When there is someone who has bothered us in the past due to the behavior or uh, causing us hurt in one way or the other, what do we tend to do? We become attached to them. We are becoming attached to the source of the pain. And where is that attachment? That attachment 
is within our mind, within us. That person physically is miles away from us. We rejected them. We got rid of that negativity. That's what we call, but not really. The discomfort from, from those thoughts, the thoughts that are related to their interaction, related to our perspective of that situation, they stay with us. They stay with us. In fact, sometimes we grow them. Isn't that attachment to what we call negative? And the reason we are not able to put our finger, the reason we are not able to see it, because we don't pause. Pause, not at the level of the physical body. Pausing at the level of our mind. Pausing at the level of thoughts. Think about it for a moment. Are you able to pause at your will or no? And if you're not able to pause at your will, life will seem out of control. There will be that feeling of desperation, helplessness. There'll be that feeling of something else is controlling you. There'll be feeling of sitting in a car in the passenger seat and someone else is driving. And these drivers are changing constantly. The terrains are not of your choice. The situations are not of your choice. And that's where you say, bad luck. There's no such thing called bad luck. There's only one thing, understanding life, understanding yourself, understanding how to flow, understanding the rules of this game. The fix is not outside. The fix is within you. Pause. Pause. Reflect. Be accountable. You can move into the driver's seat. And you should. And I hope you would. That is my whole point of coming here and talking. Showing everyone the possibility. Showing everyone their own potential. Showing everyone that what they deserve. You need to honor yourself. You need to respect yourself. You need to look inside. The solutions will not come from outside because the problem is inside. I won't even say problem. I will say the turmoil is inside. The pain is inside. And pain is a message. It's pointing to something. Listen to this pain. Listen to your thoughts. If they're carrying pain, this pain can spread. 
And if these thoughts keep recycling, it creates what I call suffering. The source of your happiness and the source of your pain is inside you. And until we do not realize this, we might be fixing something that is not broken. If we do not understand and have realized that the source of my pain or happiness is inside me, we haven't even defined what the real problem is here. And if you don't know what the problem is, then all of our efforts to change others, change the rest of the world, will not yield that peace we are looking for, will not provide us that eternal happiness that we are seeking in one form or another form. And I don't even categorize these as materialism. No need to shun materialism. No need to throw away that car. No need to go to a mountaintop. Be a monk here. Your mind has to be the monk, not your physical body. Even when you create separation at the level of physical, yet yeah, makes sense at times you want to be on your own. You can take these short trips where you live. If that's what you're looking for, go marinate yourself in this temple of wisdom, I call it, in this universe. It is all pointing to something greater. Even your existence is pointing to something greater. Go explore yourself. Go find yourself. Are you merely this physical body? Or are you more than this physical body? Ask yourself those fundamental questions. That is the way to pause. And if you're not asking these questions, not because Bhupender said so, then those are my questions. That seeking should be yours. The questions should come from you, authentically come from you. That seeking is very different. We don't have to shun anything. It is possible here and right now, living in the family, working, doing a regular job. Yes, we need to take a break from all these activities at times. It's required. We need to reset ourselves. But what I'm trying to say is, if your mind is finding an excuse or a reason, and some reason has convinced you that you, don't, you do not deserve to be at peace, to be that eternal happiness, reject that thought. That thought will not lead you to what you are seeking. Ask yourself these questions. And we often hear the word seeker. So let me tell you what a seeker is. The only reason I can have this conversation with you and I can share my experiential wisdom is because somehow I became a seeker. The pains and sufferings of my own life, personal lives, my inner turmoils, forced me to ask this question. I do have a guest waiting, so just give me a second. I'll let you in. Or maybe I should, then we can continue.
looks like we have Sanjana joining. So three, two, one, and here we go. Hello, Hello. Sanjana. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. All of the I'm doing fine. How about yeah? <laughs> Sorry. So, what is the river of life? I don't know. Uh, at what point did you join? Um, I, I can summarize it for you. Yeah, the summary would be very helpful. Okay. So, um, the, I'm using the example of a river to understand something that's very abstract. So, the river of life is a, a, a model I came up with. So, a river has two banks, right? And those two banks, I call them one is pain, the other is happiness. And if I, as that river of life, is seeking only one bank, which is happiness through impermanence, not a river with one bank does not exist. A river will have two banks. One is pain. One is happiness. But when I am not attached to either one of them, attachment to the happiness is very obvious, but I'm also calling the constant seeking to avoid pain is also an attachment until I don't become detached, until I do not understand the rules of engagement with the river of life, I will not flow in the middle. And until I don't know them as a river of life, my ultimate, ultimate purpose is to become the ocean, I be stuck here. So that's in a nutshell, uh, the river of life. Yeah, that's a really good theory. It kind of reminds me of um, this hermetic principle. So um, Hermes Trismegistus was this Egyptian thought, and he um, talked about the seven hermetic principles. And one of these hermetic principles was the principle of polarity, which is that happiness or, and sadness or good or bad are essentially on the same plane. Um, so, you know, it's, imagine a line and happiness is on one point and sadness is on the other. So essentially, it's a, it's a game of polarity that I would say um, that, you know, if you're feeling happy, there, there has to be some sort of um, contentedness in also feeling sad, that you have to be attuned um, as a spiritual being uh, to both of these things with happiness and sadness. I mean, in, uh, in our environment, in today's hedonistic kind of world, uh, a lot of people are always chasing happiness. But um, they're very much unattached to the sadness. So when sadness comes in, people are absolutely devastated. But I feel like to be this um, or to get to this homeostatic psychosomaticism, which is, you know, having a stability within your mind and body, one has to be attuned to both of these polar sides. Because, again, they're polar. Um, and they're one and the same thing in the sense that, you know, a lot of um, Hinduistic uh, traditions would often say that, um, a being is both creation and destruction. Um, so creation and destruction is one and the same thing. And so when we talk about the principle of polarity from the hermetic school, it's as if um, good and bad is one and the same thing. Um, you know, uh, when you talk about polarity in itself. So happiness and sadness is one and the same thing. It depends, um, you know, which, one, which particular polar side are you more attuned to. But I think the key here would be to be attuned to both of them, to not repress anything, 
but uh, when it comes to sadness, but to, uh, you know, awaken that repression and, and come out of it. So you can also be attuned to the happy, happy, happiness side. Yeah, this, thank you so much, Sanjana, for your words of wisdom. They, they are profound and they resonate with uh, my elaboration of this river of life. So, so I think for the sake of let's unpack this so these listeners can also understand because normally we are conditioned to avoid pain, right? Uh, we right, conditioned right. to think it's something bad, it should not happen. And what we're praying for is for a river that has only one bank, which does not exist. So how do you practice this? How do you uh, uh, implement this in your day-to-day life? Uh, if you can share something with the audience. That will be oh, great. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, I tend to, because uh, being an academic and uh, also having a good knowledge of psychoanalysis, uh, both from the Freudian perspective, Jungian perspective, and Lacanian perspective, I've always um, tried to not repress um, because repression is when you take all of these traumatic experiences or anything that troubles you and because you do not want to deal with it, you repress it and you chase happiness. So for me, I, I never tend to repress. Um, if something's bothering me or if there's something which is repressed, I tend to sit alone um, with a pen and paper and then I would note down, hey, this is something which has been repressing, it's something that I've been repressing and now I have to become content with it. And as soon as I'm content with it, um, you know, I can find the stability between these two polar, polar sides because to live, a, to live a fulfilled life or to you know, be very mindful in your life, you need to have this kind of uh, homeostasis, right? So the stability. So one key would be to not repress or suppress um, uh, your emotions or your experiences. Um, that is to optimize on them and uh, you know, kind of reach this homeostatic level so that you can be in the middle enjoying both the sadness and relieving the enjoying both the sadness and the happiness relieving the sadness but also enjoying the happiness never overdoing any one of them that's that's powerful sanjana and 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 thanks for sharing your personal uh, um experience and i'm pretty pretty sure when you are saying you enjoy both sides both banks of the river uh, that might seem strange to a lot of people, but what Sanjana is saying is she acknowledges, she accepts, she embraces whatever is, is in the moment. And it does keep one very stable at the level of mind, and it will reflect in our uh, attitude, in our handling of situations, and which actually leads to this peaceful demeanor where, where we are able to handle all the uh, ups and downs in our, li- in our lives. So I just added to what you said, and hopefully that resonates with you based on your personal application of this principle. Yeah, of course it does. Like um, a good amount of time before um, I created this map of survival, because um, if you're familiar with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, you know, the first thing that a person needs is um, home and security. Then from a psychoanalytical perspective, you have primal drives. So, um, you know, food is necessary, water is necessary. 
Um, so in order to have this kind of homeostatic psychosomaticism, as I was mentioning before, one needs to always be um, in tune with both the polar sides. Um, or either, you know, it's good or bad, either it's morality or ethics, is it, or either it is um, sadness and happiness. Um, what I tend to see today is that most people, um, you know, would dwell into sadness and get into these depressive states. But um, me being an artist, you know, what I tend to do is that, yes, okay, maybe I'm in this depressive state. But as an artist, maybe I can optimize on it and create art out of it. And so when I'm happy, of course, you know, art is very much uh, joyful and nice and uh, good. But when you're depressed, you should also be an artistic person and capitalize on that. Not necessarily capitalize on that, maybe optimize on that. Um, and so th these are really good ways to, you know, kind of um, center yourself um, and, and, you know, make more out of your life, make more out of your mindful state. Thank you so much, Sanjana. These are words that can be explored further because I, I noticed you said optimize versus capitalize. And, and that could be a topic by itself. Optimization is more powerful than capitalizing on your suffering. And a lot of people tend to capitalize on their suffering. And that really does not take them to this place of peace. That's what I understand. And there are only 20 seconds to go. So I'm going to let you wrap up your part of the dialogue. Yeah, so optimization versus capitalization is, again, a really good thing. Uh, I mean, you can see this in, um, you know, music industry, how people would, um, you know, op capitalize on their depressive poems or songs and stuff like that. But one should optimize it. Yes, uh that was a great talk there from Sanjana. I really appreciate you coming in here. And if you want to finish your thought, you're more than welcome to come back. But otherwise, uh, do follow Sanjana. Looks like she is a woman of wisdom and she probably have a lot more to offer. And I think this wisdom platform is one of the means where Okay, she's coming back, so I'm going to let her speak to optimization versus capitalization. And the point here was sometimes we try to capitalize uh, on our sufferings. So, so, you know, welcome back here. Uh, let's let's uh, continue uh, to differentiate between optimization and capitalization, and that's a very key point. Uh, that we see happening around us. So please go ahead. Yeah, so one of the models that I had created back in the days, you know, um, you recognize something, um, and this recognition could be, you know, let's just take it as an abstract model. So you recognize something, and then you see the potentiality in it, and after you see the potentiality in it, you optimize on it. But when it comes to capitalization on it, um, as I was saying before about music artists or poets um, and, you know, uh, also artists and, and art creators, we often see that um, if you closely look at, um, you know, depressive art, 
you know, it, it has a beauty uh, of its sort because it's it's kind of, you know, even though it's melancholic in nature, um, it tends to deliver this uh, beautiful way of, of appreciating the sadness. Yes. You know, a lot of people were not, uh, would engage into depression and, and just, you know, sleep for days and like be depressed, whining about it all the time. But what if instead of whining about depression, you take that uh you, you take that depression and you put it into something which could potentially be valuable. So, you know, art, songs, music, these are the great ways. I mean, uh, I think I can mention an artist, so maybe a popular artist so that everyone can possibly um, understand. So the artist, which is The Weeknd, is, um, you know, often if you listen to his music, it's extremely melancholic in nature. But at the same time, uh, this melancholic music tends to deliver um, this very fruitful message that, hey, um, you know, um, I mean, if you look at his discography and the entire album and songs, you know, he starts off with, oh, me melancholia. So, you know, tracks like Alone Again and like Depression and stuff like that. But it always ends with, hey, now it's time to come out of this because I've learned so much and um, from the certain experiences that put me into this depressive state, and now I'm free of it. So this is something that, you know, a lot of artists, be it musicians, be it um, actually uh, actual artists who, uh, you know, paint and stuff. Um, so they also tend to, you know, optimize on that. And I think um, if people are able to optimize on their uh, both the polar sides quite well. I think they may they might you know kind of achieve some sort of artistic stability in their own professions. Well, this is this is very insightful, Sanjana. So, what I hear you say is um, sometimes uh, through pain or suffering or what we call depression, we learn a lot more than. Uh, through the happinesses of life, it actually stretches us. And a lot of people have found different expressions. And you use the word uh, optimizing. And what comes to my mind is the word alchemy. You are essentially transforming um, that energy into something very beautiful and also sort of sending the message, it is okay to be in pain. It is okay to feel sad. It is not the end of the world. And personal, based on my personal experience, Sanjana, I, I, when I went through some in, inner turmoils, some losses and so on, I started writing poetry in my life. And I am by profession a technical guy. And when I wrote the first poem, I just looked at like, what happened here? Because poetry became my expression. And and I was so reluctant to even put that out there. And some friends of mine, they asked me to publish a book. I'm like, I'm not a poet. I just write it because it, I, I feel good writing about it. And well, once, once I published that book, it was such a relief. And oh, people, wow. would, people would ask me, Bhupender, you are, you are trained as an engineer. And how come you also write poetry? I'm like, we have, we are multi-dimensional beings and we can be anything or everything we want to be. 
we should let it flow. And for me, pain actually in that moment when I was experiencing those losses in my life, my inner turmoil, I, I, I hated everything. But when I look back today, those were, uh, when I came out of that, it, is the, it was the most empowering moments of my life. They taught me so much more than the collective books I've read in my life. So you're right. We, we need to optimize. And I also do some public speaking and stuff. And people often come to me. They said, you talk about pain as if this doesn't affect you. I say it does. But you should be able to, as an alchemist, transform through it. You learn through it. You grow through it. And then now you, you're not trying to avoid pain. You, but you're not saying, um, I'm going to invite pain either. You are accepting the way things are happening. And out of that, Sanjana came up with an equation. I still have that analytical mind. Then the poetry is a lot of visualization. So I, I, I came up with an equation. Um, imperfection. Because situations, people, even our own selves, we see ourselves as imperfect beings uh, majority of the time, which is leading to depression or, or feeling uh, painful. So I said, let's add acceptance to it. Imperfection plus acceptance. And then what do I create out of that? Perfection. Means accepting the way things are in this moment, be it pain or be it happiness, is perfection. Perfection means I'm calm. I'm at peace. That's so. very beautifully put. That's very beautifully put. And, you know, the thing that you said about uh, writing poetry, I mean, I see that as an extension. So, um, you know, this this poetry, this art that you create is essentially an extension of your extension towards your depression. So depression extending into art and that art being very fruitful. So in that way, you're optimizing on the art itself. And it's a it's a really good way, honestly, to also reflect on uh, on what, you know, that sadness or what that depression has. And so essentially what you're what one is doing is that they're creating this beautiful, um, you know, uh, writing, poetry, art um, as a as a reminder. You know, it's almost as a reminder that, hey, when I was depressed, I created this beautiful art or I created this beautiful, um, you know, uh, poem. And that could be a reminder of, hey, I was in a bad place, um, but I'm not at a bad place right now. But I can essentially now become, um, now, that, now that I'm happy, uh, I can remember those depressive states. And that is a reminder that you can always get out of depression. So that also works very well with the model of, you know, polarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's wonderful to hear from you, Sanjana, and, and, and let's resonate this, what I call inspiring thoughts, because that's, what we, that's the way we can support each other. That's the way we can support humanity by expressing, by articulating what we've been through. And not treating anything as negative or positive, rather looking at what I call this universe is a temple of wisdom. And in this temple of wisdom, we are learning 
in different fashions. It, it's not only through textbooks, especially we learn the most through our personal experiences and the universe is just conspiring us to evolve. Any last words? Uh, you got 50 seconds to go, Sanjana. Yeah, I mean, the last words uh, essentially would be that if you are on this polar state of happiness and sadness, try to make the best out of these states. Don't uh, dwell too much into them, but try to optimize on it in such a way that it's almost like a reminder to you. So when you're depressed, you write some art or you create some art, and that would be a reminder of, oh, yeah, I was in that place, but now I'm here. And when you're happy, you create art. And when now that you're depressed, you can look at, oh, wow, when I was in this happy state, you know, I, I created that. So now I can go into this happy states. And, you know, by virtue of, you know, uh, you know, making art on both the ends, you can kind of reach this homeostatic psychosomaticism. Thank you so much, Sanjana, for being a guest here and sharing yourself. It, it just enhances the whole conversation. Uh, and I do have another guest, uh, Cody Harrison. So I'm going to let uh, Cody in here. Oh, looks like uh, Cody walked away. No problem here. Oh, he's here. Sorry about that. Hey, uh, just first off, uh, I got to I got to give a shout out to Sanja. Um, incredible, incredible uh, way to to put in words what she did you know um and she uh she has a podcast for all you listeners check that out it's called the naked dialogue on youtube um and just wanted to you know promote that um but uh i i wanted to touch base uh when you were talking about we're multi-dimensional beings and transmute and transmuting the negative into the positive so like you're in a sense you're saying be aware of it, but don't let it control you. Correct. That's exactly or... the whole point. Yeah, be aware. Right. It's, right. it's the river. Okay. Uh, th these are two banks of the river, but you are none of those. So we go down the middle. Yeah, Cody, you uh, you are breaking Bounce, up. Right. Um, I don't know. It's on my side or your side. Uh, yeah, a little better. So it's all about balance. Yes, it's all about balance. Okay, okay. And uh, the the two banks can can you elaborate more on this? Um, so the river the river of life, you have two banks, and uh, do they represent the positive and the negative, the happy and the yeah. sad? So let the, me. Let let me summarize that. I, I don't know at what point you joined. So I started off by saying we all are seeking happiness, but I'm going to say eternal happiness where I can be my best version. I can be feeling good all the time. And we are seeking this through different means. We all start off in the material world. So we all are. I want to have this car. I want to have this relationship and so on. So I said, based on my personal experiences, I never got permanent happiness through these pursuits. So I treat my life as an experiment. I'm experimenting with different things. And so, if I don't, sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
I was just going to say, so maybe that if we take out that want and realize that we already have everything we need <laughs> within yep. and, yep. and taking out that, I want this, I want that, take that out and, mm-hmm. and out of the equation completely and see what happens. And, and like you said, the experiment of life existing is, is to life <laughs> is, is to is, live, to is, live is, is, is so that the creator can know itself as creator. Yeah. You, you, you already looks like you're a man of wisdom. When you said you already put your finger on the cause of the suffering, you said, why I cannot accept and be in gratitude in this moment. Yes. That's essentially where we'll, we will arrive. So I was sort of expanding on this whole thing. When we say gratitude, now I'm not attached to either banks of the river. One is pain, one is happiness. So most of us are trying to get uh, avoid pain or negative and adversity and all those things, but we are attached to the mm-hmm. one bank of the river. What I'm saying is there is no river, there is no life, that can exist with one bank. Because but, it has to know the opposite to know itself. Yes. <laughs> so, But if you come in the middle, the balance, what happens? You start flowing. You're not rejecting <laughs> what is negative. You're not trying to move towards the one bank. You are flowing. And where are you flowing as a river? You are flowing mm-hmm. into the ocean, your destiny. Hey. And an ocean does not have any banks. There is no pain. There is no happiness. There's there is just... just- there just is there just is (laughs) there yes exactly yes oh man this is beautiful um i'm i I, i'm so glad i tuned in man um and you mentioned that you uh you write poetry as well uh Mm -hmm. i i I do as well um if you go on my page uh you can check out a couple of things i've done um words from a notebook um and Feedback is always welcome, whether it be good or bad, because I, I learn from it all. So Absolutely. I, just wanted, yeah. I, I just wanted to jump in for a quick second and just kind of, you know, um, just get involved with this because this conversation is beautiful and uh, I support what you're doing, man. Awesome, Cody. Looks looks like I haven't said a lot of things, but somehow you already understand because <laughs> when, when you jumped in here, say we remove these wants, we remove these desires. And honestly, it's not so easy for everyone to do that. And I think we acknowledge that. We accept that. And we still are compassionate if you're in a place where you're not able to get there. It is part of the journey. And this might be the most beautiful moment when we are struggling. We don't hey. know un- until we come out of this. And exactly. As a poet, <laughs> as a poet Cody... Like when I started writing my poetry, I was mentioning that it was hard for me to say, oh, I write poetry. Someone says, why don't you introduce yourself as a poet? I'm like, I'm not a poet. I just write. And some- <laughs> you, just, you, you do it to release. Exactly. To, to and- express that, to, 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 how you view the, how you view what's going on, what you're experiencing, that's an outlet. That's just yeah, one. And just one to, way, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a means of expressing yourself. And based on my experience, poetry is able to capture some very abstract uh, concepts because the prose falls short in describing this journey we are on. And for me, poetry was that means, but then I had to unpack poetry for people in form of prose where I, I actually published a book after that. And because poetry is sometimes hard to um, absorb. For the, you, yeah, you for the reader to, to comprehend what... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but it, Go ahead. in a sense, uh, uh, just to... Uh, sorry, sorry for interrupting. Um, but in a sense, uh, maybe, maybe we... We as writers are just uh, at. We should just let them get whatever they get out of it, you know. Yep, yep, yep. That's and, the whole and, point. And be and be content with that, and 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 that's where um the beauty is in 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 what we call art creativity, artistic ability, um, the creative mind. And and that's the beauty. That's where that's that's the that's the pearl inside the oyster, right there. Absolutely, Cody. So what Cody is saying is, we are all creative beings. Yep. And words from a poem, the prose might not stimulate the mind stimulate the mind as much poetry does, because you have to really reflect upon the words and make sense of out of that. Poetry can really engage you. It could be meditative because it will take your mind away from so many other things. And, and also, it's like speaking in parables as well. Yes. Like that's a, that, to me, that's a form of poetry. Yeah. So and and making, I believe, Sorry, go ahead, Cody. Uh, I was just going to say, and, and to me, doing this... Um, just in, in everyday conversation or on outlets such as this one, um, I believe it helps the, 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 the macro consciousness of, of the human consciousness. If, if you kind of pick up what I'm saying, so like thoughts, energy. So with every thought each individual makes, it has an impact on on the masses and and if we implement certain little things just maybe maybe no i know this for a fact actually it will help us in the long run i believe i believe that and you know that's just my belief thank you so much cody i'm going to elaborate on what you just said towards the end um i'm going to call it a silent charity but there are only 10 seconds to go Stay Thank blessed, you. man. Stay blessed. You too, man. Thank you. And I'll be listening. Yep. Okay, so that was Cody. Uh, amazing people out here on uh, this Wisdom platform. Please go follow him. I'm pretty sure based on this uh, little talk, it was a short time, though. He, 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 this guy is creative, and he is thinking outside the box. And that box is uh, what I call the mind. So what Cody said towards the end, first off, um, he resonated with what I was talking about, this river of life. He was actually talking about the ocean. The ocean does not have any corners. The ocean does not have any desires, no needs. It is 
within itself enough. It's just being present. And we can be in that state. So what Cody said, the second point he made, the thoughts we think, the thoughts that we put out in this environment, in this universe, are helping other people. So I call it a silent charity. I actually wrote about it. We all are transmitters. We might think our thoughts are not seen. That's not true. Thoughts are like vibrations. Thoughts is a form of energy. You can experiment with this. When you are happy, when you're thinking thoughts that make you feel good, and you go sit with your friends or in a group of people, experiment with this. Don't even say a word. Just sit there. You will uplift the aura of that space means others will also feel good. When we carry these thoughts of, let's call these thoughts of gratitude, feeling enough, not feeling any lack, what it does, hey Cody, looks like you're coming back here. I'm gonna let you in because I'm stealing your concept there and trying to expand on it. Go ahead, Corey. Oh, no, no, no. I, I just wanted to hear which, uh, if you could please finish. Yeah, sure. So I'm just building upon your idea that whatever we think is being put out to the universe and it does impact others. So I was saying if I'm in gratitude, feeling good, I sit with a group of friends, even without saying a word, I can change that environment because my demeanor will be different. The way Your vibration I look, will be raised. Yes, the way I look at people, the way I grab that drink, <laughs> all will be different. There will be a flow. I'm almost like a beacon that is, that is transforming that environment. So thoughts have that power. And sometimes we feel the need to go out and do something i'm saying be present in that place in that meditative state it is called you don't have to go out and do anything just be there soak <laughs> yourself in marinate yourself you will experience a transformation you are in that meditation you remain within that thought and you will become what you are thinking this is the power we As all human beings have as this a man is thinks, the, so Yes. So, uh, Cody, I'm just endorsing what you are saying, just building upon uh, what you just mentioned. So, hope this resonates and you can add to this. So, I'm totally with you when you said, yes, the thoughts we think is affecting this universe. We are the transmitters, each one of us. The moment we change, everything else is changing around us co-creators and yes we are we are co-creators uh, i i i agree 100 percent, man and um uh we're mostly made of water if i'm not mistaken correct about 90 80 90 percent yep yeah so i don't know if you've ever seen the experiment but um you bless when you bless food you're you know positive affirmations or whatnot 
but the intent behind them is very important as well. You can't just say, you know what I'm saying? The, the intent behind them is something to be mindful of. It's all about being mindful. But, um, when you, when you talk to water, it actually changes the, 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 the molecules in it. And so just to elaborate on what you were saying, not even saying anything, but these, these, these thought energies just sitting there raising your aura, you're changing the molecules in, in within and as within, so without as above, so below, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, and I got a long way to go. Uh, I, I'm just enjoying the journey, man. And, I just want to, I just want to give thanks right now um, for this opportunity to uh, to speak with you um, and to share this with 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 all the listeners. So I'm sending blessings to all the listeners as well as you and your entire family. Thank you, Cody. Thank you so much for your powerful words here. So do follow. Cody here, and uh, I haven't seen what other links he has. Uh, he's a wonderful person based on um, the part of his journey that he shared with me here. And it is amazing, again, that when we, for example, with the intention, uh, even come to wisdom, we surround ourselves, we attract people who are, um, I would say, at the same level of thought. Uh, or at least they are um, moving in the direction, as Cody said, he's moving in the direction of highest frequency. And I call ourselves, um, this might sound like metaphysics, but uh, we all are like tuning forks. Um, when I am at a certain frequency, frequency means the thoughts I carry, when I am in a place of gratitude, awareness, mindfulness, place of wisdom, you will notice just being around with such a person that resonance carries. And like the tuning fork, when you put on a table and then you put a second fork, that also starts resonating at the same frequency. And that's the power of being human. That's the power of being an alchemist just with your mere presence. You don't you can choose to articulate that in words, which is great. And I used to be part of a healing healers group, and there were people who would do Reiki and so many different things. And one day um, they asked me to introduce myself and they asked me, what's your healing modality? And I said, my healing modal modality are my words. They all looked at me, we never heard that. Words have the power. Words have the power to transform me as I speak. I'm listening to what I'm saying. And as you listen to it, listening means your undivided attention is paid to the sound energy, to these words that are carrying wisdom, the wisdom that comes from this temple, the temple of the universe. What it will do is, as attention, or when you meditate upon those words, they are carrying wisdom within them. The wisdom has certain attributes, certain qualities. And when you soak yourself 
enough as that attention in those words of wisdom, the source could be any, I'm not just saying the words I'm speaking, but any words, when you pay, your, pay attention, you surrender yourself as that attention to those words of wisdom, what will happen? You will take on the attributes or put it this way, the attributes or the virtues or the qualities are already within you. They will be triggered and you will experience moving to this place of comfort, to this place of peace, to this place of calm, returning to your natural state of being. Start flowing again, experiencing within you that space, experiencing within you that peace that you might thought existed outside of you. So what I shared with you right now is a way of meditating, surrendering yourself as attention to the words of wisdom, the attributes of wisdom, which are compassion, and so on, will come from within you. Sorry, Cody, I, I noticed you are here, but I wanted to finish that thought. Please go ahead. Oh, I was just soaking it in, brother. <laughs> like, I, I truly was, man. And you're absolutely just, yeah, you're blessed, man. And, 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 um, and, I love how you are wording it. Um, it's it's just it's beautiful, and I I think people really need to hear this stuff. Um, and it's just it's 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 awesome. So like when when you were speaking on the tuning forks, this is stuff like that's been around man for. In the beginning was the word, <laughs> you yes. know. Yep. I mean. <laughs> That it, that right there should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> like in the beginning was the word, and mm -hmm. and you know, like old Tesla, <laughs> you know, he he was a brilliant mind, and you take all these brilliant minds from history and and kind of see their process, their way of thinking, and of course, we'll never like think exactly how they did but in a sense when we put our, our mind frame on like on that on the subjects that they put theirs on we can attain certain insights i believe and and i believe you know i've been blessed with that ability um and it's just it's it's really cool to to know that my time hasn't been wasted <laughs> and uh, there's other people out there. <laughs> so I just had to vocalize that, man. Cause like, you know, um, you know, at, t at times, like I would get this feeling of giving up or whatnot. And then, you know, I'd write or I I'd create a, a, a song or something or a drawing. And then I'd be like, how could I give up on something that is you can't give up on like like what you giving up doesn't exist in my world you you know what i'm saying like it's it's yeah it's, so let, it's, let me it's uh, just a learning it's, it's a learning yeah yeah it's a learning step 
you said something very powerful and, and, and I honor you for that. You said, giving up is not an option in my world. Did you hear yourself say that? Yes. Isn't that powerful? It is. And you said in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in quite a big audience, and, and you, you need to be proud of that. And, and I salute you for saying that because I sort of use those affirmations when someone would ask me, how are you doing? I said, I'm feeling fantastic. And especially <laughs> at work, and then they look at me like, we have to go to this meeting, blah, blah, blah. And they give me this look, sort of a question mark. I tell them. Transmute I so many, that. Yeah, I said I had so many options on the table. I did use them. They did not serve me. So I have only one option on the table to be fantastic, no matter <laughs> what is exactly. happening, happening in this world. Because that's the only way to serve. If I drown with someone else, I cannot save them. I'm not supporting them. Can you say that one more time? Yes, say that one more time, please. If One more thing. I was calling you Cody, but I noticed now your name is spelled James Rocky Cody Harrison. How you want to be addressed? Um, just whatever you're comfortable with, man. Um, <laughs> I'm good. Okay, I'll go yeah. with Cody then. So what I'm saying, Cody, is if someone is drowning in water... If I drown with them, if someone is worried, I start worrying with them. Mm -hmm. What oh, good yeah. I'm doing to that other person? You can't say yes. I, I just what, want the audience to, to hear what you said one more time. Like, yeah. So, so what I'm saying similar, is, I have a similar analogy. So if if you're like, so if they're not helping you steer the boat, and they start sinking your boat, and you you can help them to a certain extent, but there comes a point and where you have to be like, okay, my boat's going to continue going down the middle of this path. They're trying to sink my boat. I tried to help them. I'm going to throw them a life raft and say, good luck. I'll see you on the other side, hopefully. <laughs> Correct. Sometimes we have to give people the space, the freedom, the choices. We cannot, I say, help others. We can only inspire others. And everyone is making the choices in whatever place they are. Every second, every every second of of yes, I I agree a hundred percent. And I, I I love I love this the the river of life, man. I love I love the title of this, man. It, it's just it's beautiful, and uh, it, this is really something, man. Um, so you should be you should. I, just know you're blessed, man. You, I, pride, you know, proud, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, I can use that because the intent behind it's pure. But um, I, I try to be mindful of this, but uh, of my words and stuff. Uh, but I, I'm at the point where I'm trying to remain in this state 24-7. Mm -hmm. And being human, of course, you know, the flow state, as we call it, theta, uh we enter in and out of it or I enter in, in and out of it. But there's going to come a time very, very soon where I'm going to remain in Christ consciousness. And that's the ultimate goal. You got it. You are the ocean, but you I, in this moment I am that I are, am. 
we in, we in the moment thinking I'm the river because the essence of that river and the ocean is water. And we so, are yeah. that water. So it goes back to discovering who am I, asking myself, am I this thought that is disturbing me? No, you're am- the awareness of the thought. Correct. Well, you, you know I, what I'm saying? Being, being aware of the voice inside the head is, is truth. Yeah. So, you, Cody, it, lo- looks like we can unpack this and maybe at some point we could have a longer conversation because a lot of things you are saying are uh, need to be dived into. Being aware of the thought and being aware means we are detached at the same time. Our problem is we are awareness, but we become attached to the thought, and we actually become the thought. Yes, yeah, does canceling out the awareness? Yes, uh, yes, and yes, and um, I would, I, I know I, I, I'm, st- I get excited, so I apologize. I apologize. No, it, it is a good reason to be excited when we resonate, when we meet people who can speak our language. I, I the language might be English, but uh, you understand uh, what I mean. Is, I understand is, exactly what you mean. See, like we're not the words put limits on things in a sense, yeah. but they are powerful at the same time. It's that's the polarity. Um, Correct. And the language, <laughs> the, the three different languages: the language of the physical body, the language mind, of the mind, and the soul. language of the consciousness. It means the thoughts arise from three different places. When the thoughts arise from the level of physical body, we are mortals. We, when the thoughts arise from the level of the mind, we are still mortals. When thoughts arise from the level of consciousness, which is the third language, which we, we call the language, language of mystics, because we are not able to comprehend it, they're not speaking a different language. It's still English, because they, but they are talking about something beyond the mind. They have gone beyond the mind. They have gone beyond the limitations of being human. So those are my few words there. And you get me going, man, when you bring something up. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I, it's beautiful, right? It it's, is. It's but beautiful. I want to keep it. And I yeah. hope that we can stay in touch and, and actually collaborate on some things. And if you listen to some of my poetry, um, I'm going to leave you with this right here. I found a key aboard this vessel of my spirit. Unlocking doors in this mansion they call mind. I've been blind, obliviously unaware to affliction caused by fear. But this year, it became clear. So I'll sing to a caring creator whom leads in heaven, your mind. As I run on a path carved from the sun, it's begun. Only to begin again with words enriched with gracious love beyond tomorrow's end. Amen, man. This is, this is beautiful. And it needs time. To comprehend. So as you're saying, maybe we could unpack your poetry, have a dialogue. That way we, we, we can all resonate and heal ourselves through these words. So thank you so much again, Cody, um, for your beautiful words. And, and I want to keep this simple. I know I have the tendency to go deeper. And I said there are three different languages. Let me clarify on that. I said it very quickly. And we all speak the English language, but you can notice when we say, I cannot understand what you mean. Um, So the thoughts are rising from three different places. The thoughts that are attached are rising from the physical body, which is limited, which is decaying, which is meant to die. 
and there is a concept of birth and death, the beginning and end of the body. That's language one. The second language is the language of the mind, the thoughts that are arising from the mind. Your mind has the desires, the mind has the dreams, the body does not. The body simply needs the food. And this mind is the domain, is the language most people speak. Mind is very powerful, no doubt about it. But you, go, you, you have to ask, where is this creativity coming from? Is it coming from the mind? Our mind is just the womb from which creativity is born, but the source is somewhere else. And that source is beyond the mind. The origin of the thought is beyond the mind. Where we call these people are mystics, or we sometimes even give them godly uh, 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 status, but they're essentially human beings who have tapped into the dimension of their being, which is not accessible to most of us. And that is the third language, language, language of the universe, the language of consciousness. And that place is life. That place is the source. Mind is simply like that light bulb. When that light, electricity, passes through it, it is lit up. And when at night, this electricity is not in the bulb, what happens? The electricity remains. The moment we wake up in the morning, we can see here and so on, this bulb is lit, the mind is lit. So start asking yourself question, what is the source? Keep going backwards and your language that you speak will change. And that mystic is simply someone who has gone beyond their own mind while being in this body. And they know they are not attached to either their physical body, means they are not the physical body, neither they are this thought, they are not this conflict, but they are something beyond it. And this is actually when this river of life flows into the ocean I have jumped ahead in describing that state. I wanted to keep this talk simple. But what can you do when you have so many beautiful minds who come on into this guest room or join the talk and they elevate you and you, as that river of life, flow into that ocean. So I hope today's talk should raise more questions in your mind. My point here is not to teach. My point here is not to help. My point is to inspire. So you go start digging your own well, the well of your wisdom from which the ocean of wisdom will flow. And that is within you. That's not outside you. That's why I said the seeking, the question should be yours, not mine. Otherwise, our seeking is like that thirst when I open the fridge and I see a bottle of Coke in there and orange juice. I just drink it because it is chilled. That's not the real thirst I'm talking about. If you are seeking to live, be alive, be present, then you should be like that person in the Sahara Desert when it is the temperature is like boiling 100 degrees and there's not even a single person around you and now you are thirsty. You want the answers. 
you will do anything for that single drop of water. That's the thirst. That's the question that should arise from within you. You deserve the best. You should be living from the highest level possible, highest version of yourself. The language that I talked about, the language that is beyond the mind, where there are no banks of happiness and pain. You are just a being. So my point here is to inspire, to raise more questions. It's not about convincing someone. It's about sharing. So I hope this has inspired you and will move you in the direction of your healing, which is essentially your transformation or your journey as awareness from this physical body into something greater. Your journey as this river of life into the ocean of oneness, into the ocean of greatness that you all deserve. You all are seeking consciously or subconsciously. So until next time, have a great time and talk to you soon.